Have you ever dreamed of being able to make more money, live a better life, and have the financial freedom that's rightfully yours? Well now is your chance. With an engaging perspective and tone, your host Ryan Dement will guide you through your journey to financial freedom one step at a time. Let's get to it. Here is your host, Ryan Dement. Hi, it's Ryan Dement from Chasing Financial Freedom Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day today. On the podcast, we have Chris Klepp, and this is his intro, and I like this, helping business owners make work optional. He's a financial planner, but we're going to talk about a lot of different things. And I know on the podcast, we've talked, we've spoken about time versus money. And I think that will be one of the topics we discuss here with Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Ryan. Pleasure You're more than welcome. I know it was a little bit of a wait, but thank you for coming on. And I'm looking forward to having a, a good conversation about money versus time versus business ownership, entrepreneurship. I'm sure we can get into a lot of rabbit holes, as I say. Uh, absolutely. As I say, good things come to those who wait, right? So I'm ready. <laughs> cool. So before we get started, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into some conversations. Yeah. So I run a wealth management practice called Building Towards Wealth that serves Gen X and Gen Y business owners, right? So our abundant wealth process, it really helps business owners align their money with their goals, just make smart financial decisions, and then proactively manage the risks and taxes that come with business ownership. Obviously, the clients that I work with and, and business owners in general, they want less stress, pay less in taxes, and they want more time. And we're going to be able to help help them with all three of those areas. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Chicago. Beautiful, sunny Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah. Is it actually, is it decent today or is the weather already started turning bad for you guys? So we had about an inch and a half of snow on Halloween, but it's going to be in the 60s today. So that is that is Chicago weather in, in a nutshell for you. Cool. That's awesome. So how long have you been in this space and what got you into it? Yeah, so I've started in the financial services field 20, 23 years ago now. I started in the insurance side of things, fell into it by a, a lot of interesting fate and circumstances that put it together to allow me to be in that field. I have, was an agent. I managed, I owned, I, uh, I went back to just, went back to just managing for someone else. And what I found out though, was that you can be the best insurance agent in the entire world. And you still are just viewed as an insurance agent. It is a highly transactional field. And that wasn't really where I was happiest. I was happy really making deep, meaningful connections with people and being in the financial planning space allows you to be a real agent for change for the positive for a, a many people. There's a lot of anxiety that comes around money. People let that let the tail wag the dog when it comes to money and don't use it as the tool that it can be to actually get you the true piece of happiness that you want in life. And by being able to work as a holistic financial planner, working with these clients, we're really able to harness all of the good things that they already have going in life and getting it all focused so that they get everything that they deserve from the hard work that they put in, both in their family and their business lives. So to set a level playing field, a real estate agent, you need to be licensed on the personal and the commercial side for what you're doing. How many, yeah, how many series licenses do you have? So for what we do, because we do, we do a advisory field. So we have, because I have my six, my 63 and my 65. I'm finishing up my charter financial consultant. Actually, probably by the time this podcast 
actually airs. I'll, I'll have that finished up here as I'm in the last class uh, for that. But I'm always educating myself in, in all the different areas for for what we're doing. And a lot of it is just comes with the experience that even w- within the insurance world, I started working with business owners for the last two decades and seeing the challenges and the concerns that they have. And being a business owner myself, a lot of times I'm just solving for my own issues, right? I'm a father of three in my late 40s, trying to figure out how to balance being a really good father, being a really good spouse, and then running a successful business. And, and that can be a heavy lift for people. I think we all struggle with that. You have to balance all of that out and then making sure that you can effectively use time to get all those different aspects of your life put together. So from the the financial piece, let's just dive right in. We have solopreneurs that listen. We have entrepreneurs. We have small business owners. And we have some larger businesses that are are listening and watching. Where are we at and in, in where, where do we start at? If we're struggling with time and being able to get that back on our side, how do we get back in that lane and, and take control of that asset? Yeah, I think the, the first step with that, right, is really getting clear with what are, you know, what are your values? What are your visions? What are your goals that you have? Um, what is your relationship with money in general? Um, not all of us come from the same backgrounds and that can affect a lot about how it is that abundance mentality, scarcity mentality, how it is that we view that. And I think a lot of times people think financial planning, oh, you're going to tell me where I'm going to invest my money to get the maximum return. And that's certainly a piece of what we're trying to do, but we really can't draw a correct map unless we know what that destination looks like. And and that begins by getting clear, right? And and if you want to be able to create a multi-generational business, right? Which is what I'm trying to create, right? So I have a 26-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old, right? But my 26-year-old, she works for Fidelity. Hopefully she begins, she'll come work, work for me. So I'm working to pass this on to the next generation. But some people are trying to work for an exit. Some people want to retire as soon as they can. Some people want to be more involved in charitable work. Whatever that is, we want to get real clear what it is you're trying, like when you close your eyes and put your head down in that pillow, what, is, what does that look like? And then we can start filling in that plan. And that is going to be talking about how do you invest wisely? How do you ca- do proper cash flow planning? What's your risk tolerance? And then we want to make sure that we're going to start managing some risk around all of that, making sure that we keep you off the landmines. Because a lot of what we do is to more about keeping you off the landmines than trying to maximize those returns always, right? Because there's always a math perfect answer or ma- you know, a maximal answer. But you don't have to make all of your answers based on perfect math. You just have to make a bunch of reasonable decisions. And a lot of what we do is keep you off the landmines. And what happens a lot of times, right, is that when you're married, you keep kids, you're just running the business, can you know you can be up to your eyes in, in everything that you need to do. And you take your eye off of some of the things that are necessary to prepare you for success to take tomorrow and far off in the future. And it's my job to work with that. And then obviously the business owners are dealing with a lot of different professionals, right? So if you think about running a business, you could be dealing with a real estate professional. You may have asset managers, you may have your lenders, you may have a CFO, you have your accountants, you have all of your attorneys, your estate, your corporate, your IP attorneys, you have your insurance agents, you have your M&A people, right? Like you have all of these different professionals that are working. So in addition to having to run the business, in addition to 
having all of those family duties. Then you also need someone that's going to be able to start having these conversations and making sure that all these other really talented professionals that you have on your team are all working and pushing you in that same direction. And having a really qualified financial professional gives you a partner there that that speaks all these different languages and can help making sure that your accountant is talking to your estate planning attorney is talking to this other professional and making sure they're all pointing in the direction so that you can have autonomy over your time and have the highest and best use of that, which is, again, being more present today for whatever's important for you, be that family, be that charity, be that cause, be that the business, whatever is the highest and best use of your time. You can focus on that and you can have someone else that is a partner with you, helping you give back more of your most valuable asset, which is your time. Those are all, it's great, but that's what we need. I guess the first question, I'm going all the way back to the beginning. When you decide to start working with a client, how often do you have to really start from the beginning with them about vision and purpose and so forth? Or do they come pretty much prepared, ready to go? I would say that a lot of our, the majority of our clients need help with that, right? When they come to us, they are at this point of where they realize they have enough complexity to start working with a professional and they need some help. They can't just do it themselves. They are best served working with someone else to be able to do that. But very rarely have they mapped out that long-term plan. And that's not to say that you only have to think about if you're a 40-year-old business owner, you only have to think about what it is like when you're 65 because I'm much more concerned about funding my two younger children's college education right now and trying to get out of and get out of my business. And, and so we work, work with that short-term. But a lot of times you'd be surprised that when you sit down with a married couple, they may not always be 100% on track with even, I'm going to pay for all of my kids' college education. I'm going to pay for some of my kids' college education. So we need to get real clear. And, and we know, uh, I know from experience, a lot of times when you have an entrepreneur and a spouse, you know, Mary's running a successful business, Bob may not have that same sort of entrepreneurial mindset. And so part of what we're trying to do is bridge the gap and make sure that there, you might have the risk-taking entrepreneur, but that at the same time that the non-entrepreneur feels safe and protected and taken care of and their views are being managed when they have, when a lot of their net worth ends up being in this business, right? And so we're trying to work through that as well. So a lot of times they don't have, there's not super clear. And before we can really start taking steps forward, we again have to make sure that we know the destination that we're working towards. Sounds like you've also got to be somewhat of a counselor in that process. That's got to be somewhat difficult to be able to bridge that gap, but that is all encompassing. And one of the things, God, who was I talking about? I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but we were talking about when you have a spouse, spouses starting a business as entrepreneurs, the divorce rate is like less than 10%. But then when you have one spouse that starts an entity and the other spouse is not involved, I think it, extrament, it, it grows by anywhere about six or seven fold for the divorce rate. How often are you having to go through that type of process with a client when things go awry? I think that, that the, the money is one of the largest problems that you have in any marriage, right, is not having proper communication. So 
ideally the conversations we're having are, is minimizing that for us. And admittedly, by the time a client is working with a financial advisor, they typically have some sort of stability and hopefully we're keeping them off of the rocks as, uh, as we go through here. So not necessarily dealing um, with a ton of that, uh, quite honestly, but Good. it's, but that is true. Like when you talk about being a counselor, right? So all of this is revolves around their personal finances. And I always say it's much more personal than finance. And that's what people need to understand when we're taught having these conversations. So once you start helping the entrepreneur, the small business owner with that vision and, and getting that through and putting in writing and, and getting that, if you want to call it a flow chart put together, what would be the next steps that you would help Johnny business owner with? Yeah. So once we get clear, right, and then we're going to start taking the, we're really going to start putting together all of the instruments that they may have going on in their life, right? And they may have some insurance policies. They may have an old 401k or an IRA or some other investments or real estate or some of these things in addition to the business, right? And so we're going to gather all of that information in, and then we're going to assess that. We're going to get really clear on the details of that. And then we're going to, the next real step is educating the clients. And so some clients are very granular and want to get very in the weeds and understanding those things. And we want to make sure that they have enough information to do that. Quite honestly, more of the business, more of the clients that we deal with, they tend to be, they are CEOs of the business. They want to be CEOs of their personal life. And what we want to do is we want to provide them enough information so that they feel like they, they are good to make a final decision. We'll go, this is what you have. If you want to do X, Y, and Z, this is what we recommend. This is why we recommend it. And if they have more questions, obviously we want to answer those, but we want to give them enough information to empower them to go, yes, do this. And a lot. And so then once we begin educating, they make some decisions, we're going to begin implementing those plans. And I would tell you that you typically cannot snap your fingers overnight to get everything done that you want to do. It is a process. Um, the value is not in the actual financial plan. It's in the, it's in the planning process. And typically the implementation stage you're going to have an initial implementation stage. It could be three or six months where we get a lot of stuff done up front. There's a low hanging fruit. And then we'll begin turning this giant ship that you have that is your financial life. And it could take three to five years to do everything that we have on the initial punch list to do, right? And we're going to create a timeline of, of what makes sense for that because they still have to run their business and they still have to be great parents and great spouses and, and do all the other things that's important to them. They can't drop all those things for them to do the, to go get the estate plan done and the business continuation and everything else that we need that we identify up front. And so we're going to create a priority list. We're going to triage that and then begin to assist them to get that done either through their own professionals or guiding them to qualified professionals that can help them get the estate plan done. So while we understand, I understand estate plans, I'm not an attorney. I'm tax, while I'm tax aware, I'm not their CPA, right? So we have to work as part of this team to get all of these things done on their behalf. And a lot of it's having some accountability to someone that they're going to do it, right? So they've said, hey, this is what we want to do. And a lot of business owners find a lot of value in coming back to it and going, oh yeah, I said I was going to do this. I didn't do this. Let's make sure that we, you know, like we get it done. Someone that's going to hold them accountable because as CEO of the company, a lot of times people, nobody's holding them accountable except themselves around the house, you know, 
then nobody is holding necessarily holding them accountable to get that estate plan done. Um, and that accountability piece, I think, is a widely overlooked value of having a good financial advisor. Now, certainly there are some people out there that go, I'm going to do these 10 things. They get those 10 things done. Bless those who can just do everything that they want to do whenever they want to do it and don't need a little push every now and again. But that push can be super helpful for someone who's as busy as, as someone running a business. So how do you balance the 30,000 foot view as a CEO and then the intimate piece of being part of their personal life? Because I think there's, you, you said that this, some of them are looking for that 30,000 foot view or the CEO level view. But when it comes to your financial, and this is just me personally, so I can be wrong, I'm okay. But when it comes to your financial life and being, do you think that there should be some type of intimate touch other than just a 30,000 foot view? Say, okay, that looks great. Let's go. I want to at least see the, some of the details to get me what got us there. But it sounds like there's more and more people that are not wanting to do that. Am I right? So if, if you're talking with someone that at the end of the day, they tell me that I want to be able to walk away from my business and make work optional, right? At 60, okay. let's say that way we talk, I want to be able to make work optional at 60. I want to be able to put my two kids through college. I want to be able to donate to charity. I want to be able to, to buy that uh, vacation house in Hilton Head, whatever, whatever all those pieces that they've told me are important to them. You know, if they just know that they're on track to do that with everything that they're doing and we're handling the lifting that we've made sure they have the insurance policies and the investment allocations properly and they're putting the right type of money into the right, they've set up the right retirement plan through their business and they're donating, they're contributing the right amount of money and they have the right benefit plan and they have the right estate planning, the right legal documents behind all of that. A lot of them just want to know that they're taken care of and that they can get what they want. And so we review that. We take them through through our planning software and go, you're on track. What we need to do to get you on track is X, Y, and X, Y, and Z. And then, and that doesn't happen uh, initially, but over one, three, five years of working together, there's a level of trust that is established so that, again, they don't have to think about, oh, is, is my investment allocation exactly right? They just know that Chris has taken care of that for them and that they're on track and we've done everything. We're doing everything that we can. And it's a lot. It's a big conversation about making sure that that the dream today is still the dream that they had three, four years ago when we talked about it. Right. And something that we've started working on more is trying to do more outside of our review meetings. That is a, the more granular detail, walk them through a portfolio review, stuff like that, and then making sure that our meetings are more focused on the big picture stuff and making and, and helping them get even more clear or make more adjustments as they get older. Because I know if you would ask me today versus six years ago, my goals are different than even five, six years ago. And we're continually changing and we have to continually change, change our, our map accord. So. Another question is, I'm a small business owner, me, somebody, I'm just using an example. When do we really sit down and start engaging with somebody like yourself to help us on this, on all these different aspects of our, I would call it personal, our whole life. It's all encompassing. What is there a specific point we should look at or start considering? I know sooner is, is better than later. 
But some entrepreneurs in the beginning, two, three years, first several years are struggling financially. Mm -hmm. So can they, one, afford being able to work with somebody like yourself, but two, can they not, are they risking their business by not working with you? So that's a fine line that we balance. But what would be a good entry point for somebody like yourself? Yeah. And so I think that at least speaks a bit to the changing dynamic of what my profession looks like and the different fee models. We've changed our, you know, I've personally changed my fee model to better align with business owners that may just have a lot of the business owners I work with. They're sitting 90, 95% of their net worth is sitting in that business. The traditional financial advisor where we charge you a percentage of assets under management, but you only have $100,000 to, to manage doesn't work for uh, a, a lot of those financial advisors. And, and, but I think that there's enough complexity a lot of times in those business owners that they could need some help, right? For me, there's a lot of, I love just talking to business owners. This is not just a, a profession. This is a calling for me. And if, if their lives are so, so simple to just be able to say, hey, do A, B, and C, I will just tell them, oh, you can think about doing A, B, and C, consider these things. And then once you've gotten to, to this point of complexity, then come back and then it makes sense to, to work with. I don't know that there's a, necessarily a crossing point. It, when you realize that there are things that you feel like there are things that you should be doing, you just don't have the time or you just don't have the willingness to go do it. Is For example, I could go do my own taxes, right? It's not like there's not some magic book that CPAs have. The fact of the matter is, though, like I'm best use, the highest and best use of my time is hiring a CPA to do that. I'm a big believer in trying to get in getting really clear on what it is that makes me happy in my highest proficiency and then hiring people to do the rest of it. Understanding that not everybody is there, right? If you're at that point where you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it through the next six months, then working with a financial advisor maybe doesn't make the most sense, right? Because you need to devote all of your efforts to, towards getting that business. But if you've gotten to the point where you're past, oh my God, am I going to make the, am I going to make payroll the next six months? Or am I going to have a going concern over the next six months? Once you've gotten past that point, it's a good, it's a good time to start talking with a financial advisor. Um, and if you're talking with a good one, they will, if you're not the right size for them, they have several referrals that they can go, Hey, do this. Some people might do well with just like a coaching program initially, right? Versus financial, you know, before engaging a full financial advisor. And so there are coaches that I can point them towards, hey, this might make sense for you now until you get to get to this certain complexity. And then I also have a certain portion of my business where if I just find someone I just really want to work with and doesn't fit my model, we'll figure it. We'll figure it out just because I think I'm excited about working with because at the end of the day, I want to make the highest and best use of my time. I just want to get excited about the people that I work with. I'm fortunate in that every person that I work with, uh, you know, really raises my energy level when I get it. That's awesome because that's, you can truly see that it's a calling for you and you want to make sure small business owners, entrepreneurs are being taken care of and, you know, planning. There's not a lot of people that do that. And I'm not just talking about in your space. It's just a lot of people don't find that calling. Wrapping it back to the beginning and then we'll land this. But I know you were in insurance and you found your way into the space. But what truly drew you in as a calling? I mean, what got you there? Was there an event or something that happened that drew you into the space? Quite honestly. So I, you know, I ran, I was partially, partially ran an insurance brokerage. And so the it happened to be that our lead system was generated through what are called mortgage, mortgage leads, right? So if you close the mortgage, we talk to them about yeah. 
Do they want to buy life insurance to cover that mortgage? And then as the great financial crisis hit in 08, and that caused a lot of problems for that sort of lead generation and that whole piece, right? And so I had I had made good money, but I, I like I didn't do any personal financial plan. I didn't have a financial planner working with me at that point. And I came out of that in really bad shape. And understanding that the business owners get so engrossed in in trying to run that business, they don't think they think that the faucet will never dry up. And it could and, and other things could happen. And it's whether it's death, disability, partnership breakups, all these different things. And so again, for me, it's like, I, I like dealing, I like helping people. And so you can help people, I think, much more fully in the financial planning area, having made some bad decisions in my earlier life. I also understand that. So again, I, I don't come from wealth, a, a wealthy family. We like, I've, it's gone up and down. Like I understand how my, how my money scripts growing off messed up when it messed me up when I was earlier, not identifying that. So really what we're just trying to do is, is help clients solve for a lot of these, a lot of these blind spots that it's easy for us to have or to ignore because things are going so well in here that we we compartmentalize those other things. And somebody needs to be looking over these things over here. We can't just push them in the closet forever. Yeah. Putting your head in the sand is not probably the best thing to do in life. And I'm just overall, are you currently taking any clients on at this point in time? I am taking clients on and, and the Zoom world has allowed me. So I work with clients all over the country. There is no limitation on, on where or who am I. Okay. Is there a particular place you'd like people to reach out to if they're interested in working with you? Uh, yeah, they can go to, uh, directly to my website, buildingtowardswealth.com. Up in the right-hand link, you can book a call with me directly. You can also read some of my blogs and videos on there to see whether or not the you, there's a good feel for the, you know some partnership there. Right there, list the type of people that we're, we're looking to work with, those Gen X, Gen Y business owners that want to have more control, more autonomy over their, over their time, people that are abundance mentality. Like we want to be able to help those people and that just want to be able to, again, be more present in what's really important. Money is just, money is just a tool for us to get what it is that we really want out of life. It should not be the sole reason. And understanding what is enough and how to get to enough is, I think, super valuable for anybody in this life. But also being able to take that money and have that enough and be able to help others through that and know that good deeds are always replaced with another great blessing or deed that comes back to you. I'm I'm not saying to do it because of that, but it truly does. And the more you can give, I feel better when I give more than I take. It just, I guess maybe that's just a human reaction for me or whatever. But yeah, it's, that's a beautiful thing to get there where you have an abundance and you can, it overflows to help others. Absolutely. I think it's, if we think more about, more about we in this world and a little less about me, we're all going to be better off. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. It's been a great conversation. I will put in the show notes, the link to your website so people can get a hold of you. It's been a great conversation and thank you for sharing some insight because a lot of people are probably, not probably, they are looking for a financial advisor like yourself. That is a calling. It's just not a lot of financial advisors put it out there like what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks for having me on here. It was a pleasure. You're welcome.